It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and Friends with The Good News. I love it when the beginning says, here's Angie Austin and Friends, because I have to say, what a blessing to be able to have people you respect and enjoy and who make you laugh and encourage you actually come on a show with you. And so they're kind of like co-hosts in a way because there's about we have what a stable of about six people we have regularly come in producer moose yeah like good uh you know good group of friends and i must say that when you were on vacation and i had to sit through that intro it's like i'm not angie but i'm with her friends and i am her friend but uh you know she looks better than i do jorge says i always need to eat a snickers because I look like the, you, know, you see the Snickers commercial, it's always like the ugly, angry person when they're oh, hungry. Oh, so it's like, it. An- oh. Angie, you need to eat a Snickers. Oh, yeah, that Brady Bunch commercial yeah. where, you know, uh, where's, uh, was it Jan? Yeah. No, or yeah, Marsha. Anyway, it Marcia, yeah, it was yeah. Marsha. That's right. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, producer Moose is um, just filling in for a moment for Pastor Moreland because we're waiting for him to walk through the door at any moment. And on Therapy Tuesday, it wouldn't be Therapy Tuesday without Therapist Lisa. Hello, Therapist Lisa Dunning. Hello. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. We have something in honor of you because I think New Yorkers ha- get a bad rap of like, you know, where's my coffee and being sometimes pushy and you know, loud. And you're so sweet and you're, you're a New Yorker. So I'm, I'm always like, are you sure you're from New York? You don't see me at the grocery store. Oh, <laughs> the other shopping. Or, right out of my yeah, way. exactly. Or hear me, I should say. <laughs> so with that said, we, um, most you introduced this because you came across this Say Something Not. Nice. I'll say something nice. Like we've had um, come back a couple months ago, and I brought it up a while ago. One of my favorite things from Soul Pancake was they built this huge, big megaphone in the middle of an urban area, shouting out your dreams. Well, there's this other um, YouTube video from a couple of years ago, and just came across my newsfeed today. I thought, oh, this is great, and it's uh, say something nice, where they put a podium with a uh, bullhorn attached to it, and said say something nice and, and so, so people are just walking up on the street and yelling nice things into the bullhorn and they're new yorkers saying nice things which i thought mm-hmm. you know you're a new yorker and you say nice things this is your story right yeah see, we can be nice when can we want be. to <laughs> let's see what they yell in the bullhorn first here we go have a good day, everybody. you are all I love everybody that is out here. I love you all. Yes! Hey! You with the umbrella! The blue umbrella! Oh, I really like it! Aww. I didn't hear very many New York accents there, did you? I was going to say, I Are think they tourists? Those- <laughs> 
that All too. the New Yorkers are crossing <laughs> the other side of the street calling 911. <laughs> like, crazy man on the I'm like, what are they What's doing? What's going on over here? <laughs> Came to get my coffee and there's just a bullhorn in the way. Get out of my way. <laughs> funny. Oh, therapist Lisa, I hope you get a giggle out of it. I that know I did. That is funny. But see, it makes us laugh. We should be nice like that. I want a bullhorn that I could do that. I just that think... I just think, you know, this this week something so cool, um, you know, happened that really made me rethink about the word freedom. And I think I mentioned it to you yesterday, Moose, uh, about uh, Jim Stovall, an author, author that I really admire who lost his eyesight as a teenager. He's been on the show several times. He's written 30 books, had a lot of success, and he's a, a public speaker that spoke with people like Paul Harvey and Zig Ziglar. And, you know, he's really successful, let's right. be honest. Anyway, he said, freedom, um, we, we misunderstand it. He said that when you, he went to Normandy and he uh, walked with his wife through all the, the graves, and he said they were endless. It took so long to get through. And he said that his wife told him the average age there when she was looking at all the gravestones was uh, uh, crosses. Was 21. And he said that when we don't every day get up and do our best in the world, that we um, dishon- it's a, it, we're not honoring all those people who gave their lives for our country. And I think that's a really good point. You know, we just focus on so, much, so many mm-hmm. little teeny negative things uh, here in the States, I feel like, that aren't really a big deal and that we could give so much to others just in everyday life. And I'm not talking, you know, starting a nonprofit. I'm talking like today, Michelle Ron's going to bring me a cup of coffee. Now that is mm-hmm. really helping the world within the studio you know what I mean but like that was making my day I you know I paid for an officer's lunch one time and they were surprised but it is nice it's those little gestures that just make others feel good and I don't know it made me feel good too that I could help someone author speaker Robbie Yope says a deal with her husband that if they see any service member they have to buy their lunch or dinner or Mm -hmm. coffee and so um one guy she walked up to him and said let me buy your coffee said no and she goes I don't want to have to embarrass you, but I will. I will humiliate you in public and force you to accept this. So please just do it gracefully. He's like, all right, all right. You know, because he could tell Robbie was going to make a scene. And she this said, guy won't let me buy <laughs> but what's funny is she's like, I'm so glad she's, I'm always relieved when it's not five or 10 right. service members that she doesn't have to buy, but that's their deal with her, her and her husband. Nice. They have to purchase their dinner meal, whatever. What happens when you see like the whole firehouse buying groceries at the grocery store? It's like, <laughs> I, I think it's like military. Out. I think she does oh, military. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. Thank goodness for that. Huh? Yes. All right, we have a really cool story, and I'm going to let Moose introduce this one as well. We call this one New Smile, and it's uh, a person giving back, and so now he is being given back something as well. gentleman who uh, found himself to be homeless, and uh, out of trying to not be homeless and try to you know make right with the world with himself, he decided that he would get a job giving back to the homeless. And in all this, he um, drives an ambulance, that uh, is the soup mobile, and people always wonder what's what's going on with the soup mobile. So it helps him give back and be able to feed the homeless. Well, he's helped out so much that uh, a doctor heard about his uh, dental needs and decided to give him a new smile. So let's take a listen. Harvard Davis's best work happens in places most never see. You know, driving ambulance, you get a lot of attention. People want to stop and say, hey, what's it, what is it, what is the Supermobile? The Supermobile is a nonprofit that feeds the homeless, and Davis runs their warehouse. Okay, look, it's going to be hot out here today. He understands the homeless be because he used to be one of them. Helping out people, you know, it's a wonderful thing. He's come a long way in five years. Maybe I would talk to find this 20 years ago, you know. A man who dedicated his life to serving others taught himself never to smile. I used to talk with my lip down. You talking with my lip down, not showing the, the gap I had. Of his, his mouth that he would, he taught himself to talk 
in a different way so people can see that he was he missing teeth. He couldn't see his teeth. Oh, I just want to hug him. Well, the dentist gave him a, a dental hug, which is probably better than a regular hug when you're missing teeth. So there's a part two. Yep, of course. Take a listen. A lifetime of neglect left his mouth in bad shape. That's where Dr. Lee Fitzgerald comes in. So all these were removed. The upper jaw was, was shortened. And then six implants were placed here, and then teeth were attached. Dr. Fitzgerald took in Davis as a patient, and he isn't charging him. Did you sleep okay? His team was yeah. able to save just eight teeth. The rest aren't the real, side, but the smile is. A million dollar smile. He's no longer homeless. <laughs> it's better than the first I had. He has a job, and he's found his calling. But I can get used to it. Today, he got the one thing he was missing. I'm telling you, this morning I looked, smiled in the mirror and said, who's that guy? <laughs> I knew that. A smile that's contagious. Oh, yeah. I see that smile. And that's a wonderful smile, too. He's sitting in the dentist chair. They hand him the mirror so he can look at himself. And he, he's trying to do this interview with a huge smile on his face. And he keeps having to refocus because he just has this huge grin going from ear to ear. That's I love awesome. that. I absolutely love that. You know, I put it out on Facebook the other day, completely different service that someone needs. Uh, one of my uh, girlfriend's mothers was severely abused, and that mm -hmm. particular gentleman um, uh, is in prison pr probably for the rest of his life. So she has these scars, and about a year or two ago she said to me, um, you know, I really don't like my scars. He, mm -hmm. He'd slit her throat and then other, and then used a barbell to assault her. And so on her head, she has scars. That are, sure. And the judge said it was the most severe case of abuse he'd ever seen. Wow. And so um, she contacted me, and uh, you may have seen I posted on Facebook, yeah, does anyone that. know a plastic surgeon that does work on women who are victims of domestic violence? And I had a couple people reach out to me, which I was so surprised at the number of people who reached out. And I haven't gotten a call back from the one doctor's office, but... This is just neat that, you know, dentists and plastic surgeons and, you know, Lisa, you volunteer your time mm -hmm. working with victims. You're a victim's advocate and you've worked in other settings where um, you've volunteered your services. And I just think that's a really neat thing, you know, to do mm -hmm. when you have an area of expertise that other, others can benefit from. Right, especially helping out people who, uh, who need it but, and deserve it because they were in circumstances to where they didn't want to be in like your friend with the abuse and right. this gentleman well, needing your teeth. And then you see physically, you know, especially your friend every day, she sees Reminded. those. Exactly. I mean, right. talk about post-traumatic stress. You know, she's constantly reliving that. Or the guy w who lost his teeth due to homelessness. I mean, it's just amazing physically. And this is not about that we're being superficial, but how important it is to feel physically good physically healthy and that makes our self-esteem feel really well you know yeah, good point that constant reminder is very is very difficult all right we have another uh, good news story and again wait i just want to go back you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer to donate your services or a therapist like therapist lisa maybe you're a really kind person or a really encouraging person and you're really great with kids or you really like animals like we all have a gift and you don't have to have you know an advanced degree to be able to give your services it can just be kindness mm -hmm. exactly. or a cup of coffee like michelle ron <laughs> you yeah. want your coffee don't you <laughs> i really need it I really well need i have it. a uh, a friend who uh had a pretty nice job and when she got laid off she felt so bad that she wasn't able to be able to tithe or donate to her church so what she decided to do was okay if i give 10 percent of my paycheck i can give 10 percent of my time until well, i that's have beautiful that is beautiful until i have a job so she would give minimum four hours a week to the church of mm -hmm. doing cleaning toilets whatever because she didn't have money to give but she had time 
Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a great idea. And I think that when you're unemployed, sometimes you feel helpless. Right. Like you have nothing to offer. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Okay. Firefighters mowing a lawn. So explain this, Producer Moose. Well, this is a story that went viral uh, last week about uh, this guy who had a heart attack down in Florida mowing his lawn. And the police chief just said, hey, we got to finish this for this guy. And apparently he's had health problems. And it takes him several days to mow his small lawn. So the captain, Daniel Papa, um... He said, let's go back with the, to the firefighters. No, he said, we're not leaving. He says it in this clip we're about to listen. Okay, to. So oh, great. Listen. There's yeah. more. It's nice to be recognized. Uh, there's, you know, this is all across the United States. Everybody's doing the same thing we're doing. We just, somebody took a picture of us and here we are. It began as a typical call for help. Ralph McCrory was mowing his lawn Saturday when he had a heart attack. He has breathing problems. He'll mow and he'll mow like a third of the front and then he'll mow the other third, you know, right part of it. And it takes him about two days. Neighbor Raymond Zaragoza says McCrory has always had a tough time, but Saturday was different. We took care of him, got him packaged up, put in the ambulance on his way to the hospital. That's when Hernando County's finest took over. The grass was really high and his lawnmower was really small, so we realized that, you know, it would be a lot of work for this gentleman to finish out what he needed to get done. What was simply meant to be a community service effort quickly went viral. I turned back and looked at the guys and said, oh, by the way, we're going to mow this before we leave. Jacob Ship, the man who took the photos of the firefighters doing the yard work here at the McCrory residence, lives just right next door. He says he plans on taking over the lawn maintenance for McCrory for the rest of the year or until he can handle the work on his own. I was like, wow, this is great. Tuesday, the Hernando County Commission took time to honor the firefighters for their extra work, including 15-year-old explorer Jordan Janusa. That's him on the broom. It's not about what you want, it's about helping the community more so than anything else. The kind of people we want. That's the kind of people makes this world a better place to live. Oh, makes this world a better place to live. There's a similar story that we had last winter where a guy had a heart attack as he was shoveling his uh, driveway and the uh, emergency responders, you know, took care of him, got him off to the hospital, and then a bunch stayed to finish off the snow. So it's just, you know, great to see. Nice. Out of all the horrible, crazy things that have been going on, it's always great to see fun stories like that. All right, so I have to say um, that at first when I heard, you know, he does a third of the lawn, a third of the lawn, a third of the lawn, I'm like, well, why does he do that? You know, hire somebody or this, that, and the other. But sometimes that work is therapeutic in a way, you know. And I think of my uncle and my Aunt Della. She listens to this show a lot. And she... Hi, Aunt Della. Hi, Aunt Della. <laughs> um, her, her, uh, uncle Erland, her husband of 50-plus years, um, he had a lot of medical issues, but it was in his blood to build and help others and do things on this island that they li- uh, she still lives on in Maine. In fact, she walks um, three miles a day in her mid-80s now, almost mid-80s, and picks up trash and fills potholes mm-hmm. along the walk wow. every day so that everyone loves her on the island for that even more. And Uncle Erlen built a lot of the houses on the island. So when he knew that his time was limited, um, he, their Florida vacation home, he was expanding it for her so that she could have guests come and stay with her because, you know, he didn't want her to be lonely and wanted to finish this work before he died. And he'd literally like pick up a board and do something and sit down and rest. Pick up another board and do something and sit down and rest. I mean, the work that he would have done, you know, in his 20s that could have been done in a day might take him a week or two. But he just kept doing it because it was in his blood to be a worker. It was in his blood to be a giver. Like he didn't know that's what he did. That was who he was. So how do you stop doing that just because you're not healthy if you live for that? Right. Well, you find what works if it's, you know, do a board, (laughs) take a rest, do a board. That's what you got to do. At least you're doing what's, you know. In you, how you're put together. Well, every time we stay with her, because, you know, I go to Florida in the winter Mm. to see my aunts and my uncle, and uh, I stay there, and I always think of Uncle Erling because I sleep on the wing he built. And it means so much to me that he, like, in his 
you know, last, you know, months, his last, you know, time on earth that he spent this time building something that her family can enjoy. And I always think of him. I get teary eyed just thinking about it, that he did that, you know, hand by hand, moment by moment, nail by nail, rest by rest by rest by rest by rest. Literally. And I remember watching him like, how can he keep getting up and doing this? He has to rest after every like nail, after every board. It just blew my mind. The perseverance that he had when he was so weak. Mm -hmm. Well, I think probably gave him a purpose too. And you know, it probably prolonged his life. Who knew? loved her so much that he wanted to do that wow. for her. It was like his last gift to her. That's, that's amazing. See, you could always do something. And I think that's what life's about is finding a purpose. Even when maybe exactly like your uncle, you can't do what you maybe did when you were, you know, 30 years ago, but you could still find a passion and, and a reason for living. And I think that's important for everybody. And it, and even though it wasn't like a big chunk of work at a time, it was a grain of sand. And even yep. if you do a grain of sand of work at a time, it adds up. You know, it eventually makes the sandcastle or right. the addition on your home, you know? Well, starfish, too. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So Therapist Lisa, just touching on that, they had a wonderful courtship. They were really young when they met. I think my they were teenagers, right around 18, um, and they had the most beautiful r- relationship, Uncle Earl and Aunt Della. And when you brought up this topic that we talked about, about old-fashioned dating, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about more in the next segment, it reminded me of them. And it was the old-fashioned courtship that you think should come back. And after watching the, what was it, the VMAs the other night? Ugh, yes. Now, I didn't watch it. I should, I should step back for a second. I didn't watch it. I shouldn't say that. I w- looked at a few clips, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, wa- I looked at Miley Cyrus's outfits, which I have to say, if my daughter ever wears three M&Ms and thinks that, you know, that that's an outfit, because they melt, by the way, um, <laughs> that, that is not an outfit. And she had this, like, see-through plastic and, like, some M&Ms, or I don't know what it was on the outside, you know, Skittles. And... Um, <laughs> And that was her outfit that covered a couple of different spots, barely. Um, I just want girls to know that their value um, comes from, you know, the Lord gives them value. Mm-hmm. And that it comes from their minds. Their I just, I'm so afraid with so much around my girls telling them that if you're beautiful, you have value. And if you're sexual, you have value. How do you um, bring them up to know that their value is so much more than that? I think that's a huge question that a lot of um, parents, especially of females, you know, have. And I think it's really, again, and and we always say it, but it goes back to the home environment. I mean, her, Miley, you know, her... Didn't they raise her Christian? That I don't know. I do know that her father is interviewed, and I don't think he sees anything wrong with it. Well, that's what I wonder, because the family was there posing for pictures before, and and one news article said, oh, the proud parents, what a proud family. None of them were really smiling. If I were her dad, I'd be like... Where's the blanket? Come on. Wouldn't you like would throw it on more, her? Yes. I would be mortified if my young daughter, especially, and I won't even wa- let my kids watch the Hannah Montana stuff because I don't want them to ad- like learn to admire her now when she did the Disney stuff and then to go, oh, that's her. Yeah. That's what she does now. And with that said, I think that this old-fashioned dating, Lisa, and going back to that, um, that that also is going to teach our daughter's worth, that I want them to see themselves as like this diamond that's worthy and precious and wonderful and special and not to go out with a guy and like, oh, what can I do to make you like me? What can I do to feel more important? What can I do to look better so that you will like me? You know, I want them to have value that's so much deeper than that. And last night, um, the two of the kids were crying about, one kid made fun of my son's backpack. He said, you have a fat backpack. I'm like, well, you could just say, um, well, I like your backpack and uh, thanks for your opinion. I, I, I really like mine and then just move on. Um, and then Hope said, the new kid said, I don't like you. And I said, I want you kids to know that if every single kid in the school doesn't like you, you're still awesome. That if every single kid says that something's wrong with you, that 
there's there's nothing wrong with you and you're wonderful because they're going to keep telling you this all through school and they don't know the only reason some of these kids are saying this is because they're in homes where they're hurting and so hurt people hurt people but it's so hard to teach your kids to love themselves when kids are telling them they're not lovable right. you know or right, when we come back therapist lisa is going to talk about old-fashioned dating she has some really cool tips and ideas when we come back on the good news Listening to KLVZ and KLVZ HD, Brighton, Denver, and online at klvz.com. It's Angie Austin with the good news. I would love for you to come to our women's conference on October 3rd. Michelle, Ron, what are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about fabulous things to make you better every single day. And I'm going to talk about attitude and choices. Make the choice to come. You'll be glad. And I'm going to talk about becoming a victor rather than a victim. And with some stories from my childhood and what I overcame that I hope will help and touch you. Robbie Yopes, you went last year. You'll be the MC this year. What was it like last year? Life-changing. It was amazing. Please come. Don't miss out on this. Invest in yourself. And Tyra, you're my favorite singer in the United States of America, and you're going to be singing for us. How is it to be involved this year? It is exciting. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. He's going to do something pretty darn awesome. Amen. I was my dream to have like a Women of Faith Denver type event, and that's what we had last year, and we're having it again this year. It's on October 3rd. If you're feeling low, if you're feeling blue, if you need to pick me up, if you need a hug from Jesus, please come. Go to AngieAustinRadio.com. Click on Upcoming Events. When achieving your dreams is a bit more difficult than you thought, Infinite Nation is here to help. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation, and she knows that when your vision is big enough, you can create infinite success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to learn more about the upcoming Vision is Victory workshop on August 27th and get your tickets. During this all-day event, Carrie will teach you how easy it is to get yourself on the right path to making your big dreams a reality. She will show you how to reconnect with and clarify your vision and create measurable and achievable goals for the short and long-term success. If you are unable to attend the Vision is Victory event on August 27th, you can still make your dreams a reality by requesting a free Vision Check phone call with Carrie Conley. She will help you discover how easy it is to get yourself on the journey to achieve your dreams. Call 720-331-8693, 720-331-8693, and go to InfiniteNation.com. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Break and sorting the different Brick Break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go, the right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. We know that God loves us, and He gave His Son for us. This is where love lives. 
810-KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Therapist Lisa here and also producer Moose. I think that Pastor Moreland forgot about us. Oh, man. Oh, How man. do that? Well, I'll, they I'll sit up straight or pretend to wear a tie. I'll be more pastoral. Yeah. He but never think, wears a tie. He no. wears a hoodie. <laughs> and, a hat. and a hat. But I think you're right because maybe they bought the a new building. building. Yeah, the new, uh, they have a new church yes. building for Denver Christian And I was church. so excited to hear about it, and he's not here, so that's bumming me out. He must be beyond excited. They've been working on that new building for quite some time. All right, so when we, uh, when we, when we went to break, we said we had old-fashioned dating ideas from Therapist Lisa, and then also childhood activities that you can do now that will bring you happiness. And I think it's the coolest topic. And I do so many of these things that therapist Lisa and I talked about the other day. So I love this topic. But let's start with the old-fashioned dating. Now, Jorge, you probably dated your wife in a fairly old-fashioned way. Isn't it getting close to 20 years for you guys? And you met in high school? Well, yes, 20 for two years, then we get married. And you like invited her to prom, and you took uh, invited her to football games, and it was like an old-fashioned courtship, wasn't it? It was like old school the way you guys dated. Yes, basically it was you know during our uh, baseball season, you know through high school. So she was always there cheering for, out for me. So oh. it was really you know I think I well no I think I'm sure I fell in love when I saw yeah her yeah <laughs> yeah. And I know that Moose had a really beautiful courtship with his wife because he was he wanted to get married and he. He was not a guy who wanted to spend his 20s just like, woohoo. Yeah. He wanted to have a family. And so he dated with a purpose. Yeah. And also, it's like how, when I knew I was getting serious, I was offered a job across country. And it's like, well, I don't want to go by myself, but I really don't want to stay here. But I really love this woman. And so just kind of um, fast tracked into like, okay, we know that we're made for one another and, you know, dated with a purpose as opposed to, oh, let's just see where things go, you know? Now, how long um, did you date before you got engaged because of this move that got thrown in there? Our first date was end of June, and I proposed beginning of November, and we got married beginning of May. So wow. that was pretty fast, yeah. though. Well, he knew, so. he knew, and she wanted a family too. She's she's um, like nineteen kids and counting. He <laughs> said he'd be. Would, if it were her way, yes, that's what she would do. Because like, I think I don't even know if we'd uh, been engaged yet. But she said, you know, how many kids do you want? And I said, one's a good place to start. She's like, I want eight. Oh, wow. my goodness. And She's when, serious, I, when huh? I regained consciousness after passing out, I'm like, why would you want that many kids? And she said, well, the show Eight is Enough looked like fun. Oh, my god. I'm like, goodness. Annabelle, we're not going to be the partridges traveling around in a, ba- a band playing in a band as a family. Right. So now but you not, have only two. You have right. to get busy. I mean, she, <laughs> she's like, always like, so uh, when's the third one coming on? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm wow. good with two right now. Wow. She so. is ready. That is hilarious. All right. So there, Bruce, so let's talk about some of these ideas for old fashioned dating i just love this and by the way and that means like not just texting the person that means not just um calling them on a cell phone from time to time or emailing them or instant messaging them or instagramming them or facebooking them or whatever thing right come on (laughs) no electronics electronics are off so and you know and that i even get people argue over texting how do you argue over texting i don't get that but Anyway, turn off the electronics. I think that's really important. And go out to that courtship of the, um, oh, in fact, see, I'm stopping my thought because, Angie, you even said Moose would like this, the flowers. Oh, because Moose asked for flowers once right. from his yeah, wife. I said even boys like flowers. Yes. So for my birthday, once I got flowers. We talked my about that. My wife does that. not remember this whatsoever. I'm like, yeah. you got me flowers. Anyway. Yeah, we, we talked about that because we, uh, she said flowers <laughs> even, you know, for guys. I said, well, 
Wait a, wait a little while to, while to bring a guy flowers because my husband would definitely not want flowers. That's just not his deal. Uh, but, you know, many, many guys would. And then I brought up producer Moose and how yes. he specifically asked for them. So we said flowers and also for the date, dress nicely. None of these saggy pants, ripped mm-hmm. jeans, you know, date like a purpose we've talked about. Well, you and, know? and in terms of the date, um, one of the ideas you had, because these are like eight old fashioned yes. habits we need to make, um, you know, old fashioned dating cool again, uh, bringing flowers on the first date or a couple of flowers just yeah. to say like, hey, I really appreciate you right. making this date with me. And then um, in terms of dates, I love the idea of going dancing to live music. That is so old school. I now, keep in mind, the person has to like dancing. But even if you just go and watch live music Definitely. and chat, you know, in the breaks and stuff, I just think that's a neat old fashioned date. Uh, and don't they have like some places that have like the piano bar and the dueling oh, pianos yeah, and all things over the like place. that, right? I'm your guy. If you need date tips, I'll help you out. Oh, good. Yeah, he loves to plan big, big things. Boy, Moose. Yeah. I want to throw something else out there. Number three, my husband failed this one. Asking Uh-oh. someone out directly instead of cl- complaining about the friend zone. So many people are afraid to ask someone out directly. So they're like, oh, you want to hang out? Or he'd be like, my friends and I play hockey at 11 o'clock tonight. And I, if you want to come, you could come and watch. And then he said, oh, a bunch of us are meeting at such and such place mm-hmm. tonight. And it was a bunch of people from the station. So I went ahead and went. But then some other girl liked him. And so I'm standing in line by him to get food. And she gets in between us and starts like, oh. beep, beep. Beep, backing me up away from him. Oh. Beep, beep. And so I'm like, who is this other girl? And why is she here? And why is she backing me up from this guy that invited me to come here? And so we did a lot of these friends group dates. Mm-hmm. And I already knew him really well from work. And so I was done with that. You know, I was done with then other girls coming up and saying, do you want to play pool? And he and some other girl are playing pool. So then that night I asked somebody else for a ride home. I was like, done. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what's wrong? You know, and I said, well, I'm, I'm done with this whole, if you want to ask me out, then ask me out on a date and set a time and come to my house and pick me up. And he's like, okay, how about Friday at 7? And then he actually did. And I said, what, were you afraid of me? Were you, like, intimidated? And he said, yes, that I was, like, a weather woman at the time. He was the director, even though we'd worked together for quite some time, and I already really respected him and thought he was worth taking the risk of dating someone at work Mm -hmm. because I saw how he treated people at work and how he handled conflict and um, how he took blame when he Mm -hmm. was at fault for something that, you know, uh, went wrong during the newscast and other people were pointing fingers and he would say, let's work this out, you know, and figure this out and stayed calm. So I wanted to date him. And so when he did all these friends date, because he was being wimpy, he was like scared. Now you're pointing at yourself. You did the same thing? Well, kind of. My um, first date with my wife didn't really start out as the first date. I text a whole bunch of friends saying, hey, I'm bored. Let's hang out and do something. And some of my friends were like, well, we're already going to ice cream. Why don't you join us? And then um, Annabelle called and we were talking and talking and talking. And probably like five minutes in the conversation, she says, don't be mad. Like, okay, but who is this? Hilarious. <laughs> and so then I'm like, hey, it's Moose. I'm like, oh, okay. So she came and hung out. And then um, we went out and ended up seeing a movie and held hands during the movie. I'm like, oh, this chick's pretty cool. And so then like she came and saw me at work the next day because I said, hey, we kind of, I think we need to have the DTR. The, What's define the DTR? The, define the relationship. Ah, who knew? Let me write that down. And DTR. I, I won't need that, but my kids <laughs> might later. The, the DTR went like this. So I'm in if you're in. Okay. And then she went home and she's like, I thought, okay, we were together. And then Annabelle didn't think that that was, you know, definitive enough. But her brother and sister-in-law were like, yeah, I think you kind of (laughs) are.
Wow. Well, so I don't know if that's old-fashioned because we're <laughs> learning. Chicken now. That's what that was. Well, but I think guys are intimidated, so they're basically saying, "Have some guts," so. and if she says no, she says no. Right. But, yeah. but like, have some guts and ask mm-hmm. her out. And I know it's scary. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. It's scary. And I also like the idea of you know, and I know that I'm going to get the oh, you're so old-fashioned, Angie. Let the guys pursue the woman. Like I think that that's a beautiful thing. And so to have girls calling in the house, I know you know. I, I, I'm going to brag a little here. Riley's super cute, and he's an athlete. So even at swim team now, the girl's like, Hi, Riley. Hi, Riley. Remember me, Simone, from last year? And then Riley and then my husband's like, Oh, my gosh. Look at all these girls going over to say hi to Riley. So I think these days, I understand. You've got teenagers. The girls will chase boys a lot. And even when I was a, a teenager, they did. And I'm not, I'm not saying girls can't call guys, and you know, Annabelle called you. And I'm not saying we can't do that. I'm saying that let them at least be feel like they're the ones pursuing you because I feel like so many girls chase guys and they they kind of lose interest because they feel like they don't have a, what in the game? What do you call it? Well, it's one control and it feel like they're, you know, because a lot of times it's, it's the roles. I mean, and we're going back to the traditional roles, right? So we're thinking men in general like to be in control with the day. So even dancing, they want to lead. And I think they feel suffocated or threatened if all It didn't sudden... work for me because I did, I wasn't brought up to wait for, you know, like uh, for a guy to call me and to ask, you know, and so... Uh, I, I tried it when I was younger a couple of times, and it did not work for me at all. The waiting? Um, n- well, no, 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 no. That worked for me. Oh. Me pursuing the guy, oh, me asking you. him out, or me being around, but me calling him. You a did lot. set it, it your did boundaries with your husband. You just you. Yes. So it's not saying a woman has to be passive. It's yes. just you know. So Good there's point. a difference. Yes, because and I think you, that you have a right to, to tell to tell the person who is thinking about dating you or dating you what you expect yes. out of their behavior. I think that that is a good thing. Definitely. Right. And I think, you know, when we talked about this, it's really having the date where you can communicate versus a movie, you know, because there's not a lot of communication going to a movie. Now, my first date was a movie, but we had dinner beforehand. So that's fine. And then maybe talk after the movie. Right. But if it's just a movie, you're really not connecting. Yeah. And I like the idea of, especially if it's someone that your friends have set you up with, and this is going to sound so wimpy of me, coffee is enough. Yes. You know, just a coffee, just to kind of get to know them a Definitely. little bit. It doesn't have to be a four-course meal and then dancing and then this and that. And like I'm saying right. dancing is great if you already know the person. But in the beginning, if you're being set up to meet someplace that's not your house, that's Definitely. someplace public where there are people A little uh, bit of coffee around. talk. Yeah. There you go. And, oh, by the way, what's funny is that these eight old-fashioned tips for dating – uh, dating habits that we should bring back again. Number uh, number five is, or pardon me, four, being clear about expectations. We just talked about that. Yes. I didn't, I forgot it was on the list. Being clear about what you expect. Moose was dating with intention. I told my husband, look, if you want to, uh, you know, go out with me, please ask me out and stop just dragging me to these friends events. Right. And I'm not going at 11 o'clock at night in a dark parking lot to go watch you play hockey. If you want me to watch you, come get me. Right. No, definitely set your limits, set your expectations. What do you want out of a date or dating? You know, and also it doesn't have to lead to inappropriate things. So it's really important where you're meeting this date. Oh, yeah. No, come into the house. I always made my dates when I lived in Los Angeles. I said goodbye to them in the little lobby, and I took the elevator up. That was that. That's good. And and then you don't get into an uncomfortable situation. And then jumping back to demanding you be treated a certain way, I think I told Moose this story before. I was dating um, a guy that played for the Dodgers, really nice Christian guy. He was Rookie of the Year, very successful, nice car, nice place, nice everything. And he'd been spoiled by women pursuing him. Well, I wasn't interested in 
pursuing him. I was a weather woman in Los Angeles. I was not going to chase him. If he wanted to ask me out, fine, ask me out and come pick me up. So he says, well, we have a late game tonight, so meet me at, I think it was Jer- Jerry's Deli. Um, you know, I should probably be there around 11, 11.30 uh, at night. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm not going by myself at 11 or 11.30 at night to meet you at the deli for a post-Dodgers game dinner. Mm-hmm. I said, if you want to come get me, like, it's L.A., it's dangerous, then you can come pick me up at my house, and then we can go there together. And I'm okay with a late date because I understand that, you know, during the baseball season, you're not here that much. Right. And so I was cool with that. Um, and he said, oh, my mom would be so proud of you. I said, what do you mean? And he said, because you stood up for yourself and you're demanding mm-hmm. that I treat you a certain way. Oh. And then he wanted me to put the boogie boards in the back of my convertible Porsche because he didn't want his Jaguar. This is back when I had money. Right. Um, <laughs> he wanted me to put the, um, the, the boogie boards in the back of my convertible Porsche because he didn't want sand in his Jaguar. I'm like, really? Really? I said, yeah. that's not very chivalrous. So you want to say in my car. And so he respected the fact that I demanded to be cer- treated a certain way that I felt I was valuable and that I shouldn't be like the the, the peon, is that a bad word to use? Like, you know, the like underling to him that he was more important because he was a wealthy baseball player that somehow I should be treated a little bit worse because he was used to women kowtowing to him. Fawn over him. Yeah. Yes, and just fawning over him yes. and letting him get his way because they were afraid that he wouldn't take him out again if uh, if they didn't fawn over him. And I was like, well, if you don't take me out again, that's fine, but I'm not going to have you treat me like that. See, and I think women especially should have that attitude that, you know what, I'm worth it, and if if you're not the right person for me, it's your loss, not my loss. And I think that's where women will come in, and you talked about in the last segment about how to, you know, raise girls or kids to really feel good about themselves. And I think that's the one thing is saying, you know what, I don't need a guy to define me. I define myself. And everyone isn't the right one. A lot of women go into it like, oh, he might be the right one. No, he has to prove he's the right one. You don't have to prove to him. And I know that men are listening like, what are you talking about, Angie? That's not fair. What I'm saying is I see too many young women I'm getting involved in inappropriate relationships with men trying to get them to like them and what I'm saying is we need to raise our girls to value themselves enough that they don't feel that they have to get into an intimate relationship in order for the guy to like them because that pressure is so strong so I'm saying let them prove their worth to you let them prove that they care about you that they're pursuing a relationship that's going to go somewhere let them prove that they're interested in you as a person not just as somebody they can have an inappropriate relationship with that's what I'm saying I'm not saying that men have have to do all the work. I'm right. saying that women need to respect themselves enough and know that they're worthy of a good guy who treats them right. Definitely. Right. And I always say two good people don't necessarily make a good couple. Oh, you're, that's yeah. therapist talk. <laughs> I that, like that's my that. line in therapy. Oh, you know? that is good. One of the biggest realizations I had once I finally proposed to my wife was I wasn't only marrying her, I was marrying her family. Oh, yeah. And my wife has a big family. That's something that I. And didn't have a lot of experience with. So that kind of hit me like a freight train. But one of the things that I thought, you know, once I kind of realized this, that I'm marrying this family, I had to, um, like pr- pursue them, not only my wife, my Show fiance. Show them that you had good intentions. And so there was one time when um, my wife was living with her parents and there, we were going on a big fancy date for my birthday and I know that my mother-in-law did her hair and helped uh, uh, tailor the dress that she bought and so I figured, Aww. you know, she's put a lot of work and effort into this date so I brought my mother-in-law, future mother-in-law flowers. Wow. Oh, stealing the deal. Found out, I know what my wife's good. favorite flowers are. Her, my favorite, her favorite flowers are Gerber daisies. I found out that she loves those 
those because her mom wow. loves them. So I ah. bought them each. Their oh, own that's all right, good. Moose does need to. His next show will be offering <laughs> guys dating tips. Yes, that is good. Wow. That is thinking. Very all right, nice. yeah, you got to also you know court the parents in a way that shows. And that's old-fashioned, right? That's yeah. very old-fashioned. So. All right, let me just add a couple more. Um, you already mentioned this uh, with old-fashioned dating that should be coming back. Some of these habits and tips. Turn off the electronics uh, and be together with the person. Turn off the phone. Leave it in the car. Put it in your purse. Silence it because yes. you should be together. And if you are on a date and you start checking your text, she knows you're not interested and vice versa. Right. Yep. Then there shouldn't be a second date. I love this too. Dressing up for a date. Like just like you mentioned that your wife did. I love yep. the idea of dressing. I love dressing up for dates. I thought it was so fun. I would always wear a collar. Oh, Something wow. with a collar. Not a priest collar. No. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then this is too cool too. Um, giving uh, little romantic gesture gifts, little fun gifts, like um, receiving a poem or so, like I remember once this guy that I was friends with and another um, girl, um, I was friends with both of them and he said he bought her hair clips and he brought them on the date. I just thought it was a cute, sweet, inexpensive, really nice gesture, you know, and uh, it could be, you know, just a little trinket or a funny little stuffed animal. And I'm not talking like the big I love you stuffed animal, just little sweet things, you know, it could be a little plastic dinosaur. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just you something this is I thought of you. Would the person you're pursuing find out what their love language is and make little pits oh, like that? If they're yeah. like my oh, wife. Moose? I mean, oh. wow. My wife oh. loves her. One of her love languages is gifts. And so I, that what Angie, what you're talking about too. was great. Um, mine is quality time. Me too. And so even though it's like my wife has no concept of Captain America or whatever, if she just sits down and is off her phone and watches a movie that she cares nothing about, that awesome. fills you. Yep. Yes. I like that. I like that. Um, and then uh, let's just get to the cut to the chase here. Old-fashioned dating uh, in, in terms of Christian old-fashioned dating. And I know, you know, I know Christians who are still pressured into inappropriate relationships. So, like, give give people a break. If you go onto a Christian dating website and you're pursuing another Christian, like, don't pressure them into an inappropriate relationship. That's right. so wrong, you know? And I have many friends who've dated on Christian websites and said they still get pressure from guys that they feel is inappropriate. And it's like, if you're dating a Christian, then respect their wishes on that. Yeah, especially if you're saying you're one, too. Right. Then, right. like, get all in or get out. Right. Don't just read their profile and say all the, the their favorite right. verses or your favorite verses, you know? And then, like, that one John's movie, when they come to prayer time and she doesn't know how to pray, she's like, uh... Dear Father who lives up above in the heavenly area. ChristianMingle.com. You know, right, yeah, right. She yeah. didn't know how to pray, but she wanted to date a Christian guy. Therapist Lisa, your website. LifeSupportInstitute.com. Oh, that was fun. We didn't get to the fun topic. We'll do that next week. His love expressed for us right here on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. You know, do you have dreams that you'd like to reach? Goals, desires? Are you hurting? Are you sad? Have you had a loss? I have the most wonderful thing for you. Last year, I said, I'd love to get some of the great speakers from around Denver and have kind of like our own women of faith. So it's called Real Women, Real Issues, Real Solutions. Last year, the women said it was life changing and they asked us if we would do it again. So we have six wonderful speakers, myself included. I'm going to be talking about, uh, do you want to be a victim or a victor? 
Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, talking about letting go of the past. We're going to talk about reaching your goals with Carrie Conley. Michelle Ron, Miss Senior America, talking about choices and aiming towards Christ. Angel Tussie, radio host on AM560, talking about how she resurrected her marriage and her home life and how to have home life in balance. And no one has a better life than Angel. And Diane Lopes talking about money and trust. I have to tell you, as a Christian woman, I feel so blessed to be part of this. I would love for you to come. AngieAustinRadio.com for tickets October 3rd in Highlands Ranch. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just... I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Break and sorting the different Brick Break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall, I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. You know, on Fridays, Terry Fisher and I often talk about events like you've been hearing about uh, the annual Rocky Mountain MS Center Gala. And last year, I was the MC for the event. And when I MC an event, I take it very seriously. So I went to the Rocky Mountain MS Center. And this is, uh, you know, known all around the world as one of the uh, just premier facilities. And I have to say, I was kind of blown away because we hear about MS and we don't realize what it can do to you. And if you don't get proper treatment, how debilitating it can be. And I was just so impressed by, you know, people who were in wheelchairs, they had beds for them to garden in and pull their wheelchairs up to them and all kinds of activities and classes to keep people busy during the day. And so then I had a real heart for emceeing the event. And one of my best friends, Arlene Johnson, is the uh, chair for this year's event. And I just think these events, like the gala for the Rocky Mountain MS Center, are a great way for you to give money to a charity and have a great uh, date night. So it's kind of like a really neat way to give back. And so I wanted to have Pete Roderick, the marketing and communication uh, manager with the Rocky Mountain MS Center, join us to tell us a little bit about the gala and also some education that will take place earlier in the day. And this is September 12th. Hi, Pete. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us on, Angie. You are welcome. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do, because uh, it, it is pretty outstanding. I've done some interviews with some of your doctors, and, and I've interviewed a few of your patients that went from the point of not being able to walk or even figure out change at a checkout at a store to, like, running again and have having their full functioning back. So I think what you guys do is miraculous. Yeah, well, you know, we've got doctors that are really on the cutting edge of MS treatment uh, these days. So we're very proud of the work that uh, we do at all our facilities here. And uh, in our annual gala, we're especially excited this year to be bringing a little bit more to the community. And we're inviting Dr. Patch Adams uh, to join us for these two events. Oh, wow. Um, The movie Patch Adams. Yeah, your listeners may be familiar with the movie that came out starring uh, Robin Williams in 1998, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, And that movie was actually based on the real story of Dr. Patch Adams. And Patch is still around doing the great work he started back when he was in medical school. Neat. And the, the root of Patch's philosophy is really treating the whole patient, not just focusing on the disease or the sickness that they're dealing with. And Patch is an MD, uh, but he's also a trained clown, and he's famous for traveling the world and bringing joy and laughter to hospitals, orphanages, all the kinds of places where, you know, joy and laughter can be in short supply. Excellent. All right, so if we want to get involved, I want to make sure we get the website. It's going to be Saturday, September 12th, but, and that's 6 to 11 for the gala, and then the educational um, aspect, part of this will be earlier in the day, so explain that. Right. Uh, the first event we're having is 10 a.m., and it's uh, a seminar entitled The Joy of Caring, and it's a Aww. two-hour presentation by Dr. Adams, um, which focuses on the joy and power of caregiving and how it relates, relates to uh, people um, and not just patients, but also families that are dealing with chronic illness. And it doesn't have to be multiple sclerosis. Uh, this really relates to anyone who's dealing with that sort of situation. Really excited about this for patients, family members who serve as caregivers, and the medical professionals who work with chronic illness as well. Um, that's 10 a.m. It's going to be out at the University of Colorado Hospital's Anschutz Medical Campus in Aurora. Um, and you can get tickets for that at our website, uh, mscenter.org. And then for the gala, same place? Same place for the gala. The gala starts at 6 p.m. Um, that's our premier fundraising event of the year, and Patch will be joining us as our keynote speaker. Um, the gala features everything you'd expect from an event like this, a live and silent auction, great dinner. I know you joined us last year, Angie, so you know you know the deal. Yeah, um, and, um, you know, I have to say Arlene Johnson, who's like a mother to me, I just I so admire her. Here she is in her 70s, and she's chairing this gala. And I, there's so many wonderful people, as you know, in our community who devote their lives to giving. And for probably 35, 40 years, she's been helping with things like this. And this is her, she says she's retiring after your event. And so this is the last big event that she's going to chair. And these uh, men and women give so much time to um, help these charities like um, the Rocky Mountain MS Center, which, uh, you know, to help with your work and I just uh, so admire her and I'll be at her table so hopefully I'll get to meet you and talk to you Pete again uh, and uh, I just um, want to thank you for what you do for um, people who are suffering and making their lives and the quality of their lives so much better so thank you Pete. Well thank you and it's really it's an honor to be able to do that and it's an honor to have people like Arlene who are willing uh, to help us so much in, in everything that we're doing for the community. Love her. All right excellent again it's the uh, Rocky Mountain MS Center annual gala. Love to see you there. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.